All right, everybody, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Tuesday night as I am recording this. Uh, after the Nuggets had their first media day session, it really has turned into media week as opposed to media day. Uh, the Nuggets are doing things over Zoom, trying to keep everybody safe, secure, uh, nothing like I, I don't think that we're fully out of the woods yet, or at least that's how the Nuggets are treating it. So they decided to uh, hold a virtual media day instead. And in order to kind of make things easier for everybody, they've decided to break these sessions into groups. And in this particular group today, we had an interesting an interesting trio that was able to talk. I wasn't able to catch the the full bit of Bones Highlands presser uh, because I had to dip out a little bit early for a personal reason. Uh, but it was a very interesting session with three players that spoke today. Vlako Chanchar, Monte Morris, and Bones Highland. Uh, all three had very interesting things to say, and I, I took some good notes. Uh, they, the Nuggets, made the media avail or the the audio available to the media post session, and so I was able to kind of catch up on some of the things that Bones said at the end. But it was just very interesting and very cathartic, I think, to kind of get back into the swing of things. We're, we're just a little bit over, or we're, we are a week away from when training camp is starting, and then another week away from preseason games and preseason action. So this thing is going to go pretty fast, and I plan on covering as much of it for this podcast as I possibly can, and over at denverstiffs.com, of course. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about Vlatko. Let's talk about the biggest takeaways, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something with the back end of the rotation in the second segment that I think you're going to want to stick around for. Uh, biggest takeaways. Vlatko. He's not going to be expecting a big role this season, but he still wants to prove upon prove himself if he's called upon. And that's what you would expect from a player in Vlatko's position, where the Nuggets just signed Jeff Green to replace Paul Millsap. They still have an interest in in looking at Zeke Naji and, and potentially Bol Bol. Uh, signed Peter Cornelie to a two-way contract, which hadn't covered up until this point, but I like the Peter Cornelie signing. I think it's going to be interesting. Vlatko, he has long been kind of a, a garbage time player for Denver. They haven't ever really had the necessity to turn to him, except for a couple of key moments. In his first major year with Denver, uh, he was a part of the seven. He was the backup center for Nikola Jokic. Played alongside him just a little bit, but mostly was just the backup. And played pretty well. Did his job. Did everything that he was asked to do. And that was really, I think, a a good indicator that he had at least a, a relatively high basketball IQ. And could be a functional reserve when it came down to it. This past season. Same thing when Paul Millsap, Jermichael Green, a bunch of guys went down at the same time. Flacco steps in, plays pretty well, uh, even goes up against a team like Milwaukee, does well against a, a guy like Giannis. Even in, in a zone situation where he's the guy who's just having to guard him as much as possible while Giannis is taking just a runway right at him. He said in this presser, Flacco did, 
My role is going to be adjusting to every situation I am going to be put in. Dot, dot, dot. Whatever spot I'm, I'm put in and whatever role I'm assigned to, I'm going to help. It's going to help me a lot as he tries to grow. Uh, another quote, expectations are just being ready every play or every minute. He is going to be a spot backup, somebody that's not in the primary rotation. It's long been joked that he's been Jokic's friend, and that's the reason why he's on the team. But he is a smart player. He's somebody who showed some signs in last season, showed some good shooting ability towards the end of the year as well. If Denver had a bunch of injuries to the front court last year, as opposed to the bunch of injuries that they had at the end of the season to the backcourt, I wonder if we would feel differently about Vlatko when he has a consistent role, a consistent opportunity. I think that might change the the mentality that everybody has with him. Uh, he also said that he's willing to do anything when asked about Denver's lack of a true backup five. He said that he lost a lot of weight and feels a little bit better, more agile. Might And to be fair, if he's lost weight, probably doesn't make sense as a backup center target anymore. Potentially just purely a forward. Somebody that if Denver does have injuries at that position, they can turn to Vlatko and feel pretty good about it. He did have some good words on the Slovenian national team, how he really enjoyed that experience, how he got chills every time he thought about Naomi Osaka lighting up the Olympic torch in the opening ceremonies. That's really cool. That's a really, really cool experience that he's going to be holding on to for a long time. And it looks like he's going to be a member of the Slovenian national team for a long time as well. So he has great relationships with both Nikola Jokic and Luka Doncic, and I think that's pretty cool as well. But this is kind of a make-or-break year for Vlatko with the Nuggets. I believe that he's on an expiring contract now. They need for everybody to be productive. If you're going to be a championship team and you're going to be using every single dollar, then the goal of that has to be to maximize your resources. And for Denver to be a tax team next year, in all likelihood, they're going to need to see something from Vlatko this year in order to re-up with him. So keep that in mind when you're thinking about Vlatko, when you're thinking about the Nuggets. Uh, I hope that he gets an opportunity. I hope it's not completely born out of injury. But I do hope he gets to show himself that he gets to prove that he deserves a big contract and can, um, can really capitalize on an opportunity at some point. Let's move over to Monte. He had some interesting things to say as well, and it's just kind of fascinating when you think about this trio, Vlako Chanchar, Monte Morris, Bones Highland. I think everybody would be interested in hearing what Bones has to say, but uh, I was just as riveted by what Monte was saying throughout this time. He said kind of overall, his goal is to put together full games as the starter, as somebody who the team can rely upon while Jamal Murray is out, to start, to be impactful, to get some double-doubles, I assume that means points and assists, and to really show the world, not just the Nuggets, that he can succeed as a starting point guard. He has ambitions, and he is a guy who, for a long time, was just okay with being a backup point guard, with being an ace backup point guard, somebody who really excels within his role, 
somebody who can prove uh, time and time again that he's one of the best in his role. But now with the opportunity that's presented before him, it sucks that it happened because of a a major injury, but there's going to be a long runway for him to become a starter, for him to showcase his abilities to not just the Nuggets, but to the rest of the world. Whether that means he wants to be traded, whether that means he uh, just wants to have a higher profile uh, around the league overall, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it ultimately says about what his intentions are, but he was very confident. He was very uh, forward, I would say, about just wanting to prove himself and wanting to prove that he still has more to his game. A common thread in his presser as well. He mentioned a knee situation several times, never really specified what happened, said he got something cleaned up. But he mentioned a knee situation last year and that it was hindering him, that he was having pain. And so I think that's an interesting thing to mark down. We don't think of Monte Morris as an injury-prone guy. We don't think of him as somebody who something major could definitely happen to. But if he's already having stuff that he feels needs to be cleaned up, uh, this past year was the first year of his career where he missed significant period of time. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me that maybe some of these injury issues are worse than is being led on publicly. And if that's the case, then uh, it's it's probably a good thing that the Nuggets drafted Bones Highland, that they have Faku Campazo on their roster, that they brought back Austin Rivers, that they have a bunch of guys who could potentially fill in around what he's doing. Because if Monte gets injured, on top of Jamal Murray being out, that would put the Nuggets in a really difficult situation. Would they start P.J. Dozier? Would they just elevate Faku? Uh, would they go with somebody like Bones Highland? I don't know. I think it's a, it's a fair question all the way around to see what would happen if, if Monte were to go down. But he was still confident. He said that he got it taken care of. He said that the knee situation was... Uh, difficult, but and that he was dealing with pain, but now he's good. Now he's fine. He also said, I've got a lot of stuff that y'all haven't even seen yet. He was talking about explosiveness, about moves, about shooting. Uh, he's long been a guy who is very steady, who limits his mistakes, who tries to do the best thing that he can with regard to saving possessions, with just being a smart point guard all the time. What if he opens it up a little? What if he gets a little reckless? What if he gets a little aggressive? Perhaps that might be good for him, especially if uh, he's going to be a starter, if he wants to prove that. Maybe he has to kind of go outside the box a little bit in order to showcase that. He also said, that he added 10 pounds to his frame, that he played last year at around 173, 174, and that he added 10 pounds this year. <coughs> Excuse me. Big sneeze. Um, I think that this is a good thing for Denver. You want as many good players on your roster as possible, especially when you've got a guy who's out with a torn ACL right now, and you want 
Monte Morris to feel like he's a starter, to feel like he's that quality of player and to hold himself to that standard, hold himself accountable. Because if he doesn't, then who else will? If he wants to be a starter, he's going to have to start proving it. If he's going to talk that big game, big game Tay is going to have to start playing better defense. He's going to have to start scoring the ball a little bit more. He's going to have to start racking up some major assist games, providing a great two-man game with Nikola Jokic, setting up Michael Porter Jr. to the best of his ability. Those are things that a great point guard will do. And if Monte wants to be great, then he will do it too. It would be an incredible thing for Morris to just simply become a legitimate starting point guard for Denver. It would give them some flexibility. It would give them the opportunity to move Murray off ball a little bit. I think that would help Murray in his return from an ACL tear. Just to not always have that uh, pressure to handle the ball to create for others all the time. Morris is always going to have limitations, but given that he's locked in for three seasons on a mid-sized contract, if he were to outplay that deal, it puts Denver that much closer to winning a title. I can't imagine that a lot of people were factoring in Monte Morris becoming a top 25 point guard into the equation uh, when it came to, I don't know, when it came to trying to figure out whether they're going to win a title this year. I know that I didn't figure that out. I didn't I didn't factor that in. But if he's gained 10 pounds, if he feels better and stronger and more athletic, and if he shoots the ball with more confidence and just playing kind of above his head a little bit, that's good for everybody. And it's great for when Murray comes back too. Finally, let's wrap up with Bones. Uh, he was just an absolute joy to listen to. That's the that's the only thing that I could really think about with Bones talking is you just want to listen. You want to absorb what he's talking about, to appreciate the the smiling personality, the quirkiness, the attitude. Uh, it, all of it is great, and and he's just a great interview. Is open, very fun. Uh, He'll eventually mellow out at some points, but hope he keeps that energy for as long as possible because it's going to be a breath of fresh air for the entire Nuggets team. And if they continue to get behind him and he plays well while just being that breath of fresh air, that could work wonders for this group going forward because you can you could definitely see at times. over the past couple of years where there was a feeling of staleness at various points where you're running out the same groups, you're running through the same sets, you're playing another game against Sacramento and people just don't really care. Well, if Bones is out there lighting things up and if he's trying to fire up the group, then maybe that motivates them just a little bit. Maybe that gives them just a little bit of an edge. That would be great. Bones said that the altitude is kicking his behind to quote him, and that he could, quote, run all day uh, with regard to the Red Rocks workouts that were that have been going on over the past couple weeks. When asked what people will be surprised about his game, Bones says, I can really pass the ball at a high level. And, and he said it in, in a tone 
that he's just extremely confident with that answer. That it's it's one of those things that really stands out when you when you get to see these guys and their mannerism and their mannerisms and their actions, kind of the nuances behind these quotes. Uh, he was animated when he was saying, "Yeah, I can really pass the ball too," and he showed that at summer league. It wasn't perfect all the time. He didn't always make the right read, but he always set up the defense in such a way where those passes were available. And he made a lot of highlight plays, but also fundamental plays. So that's an exciting thing for this Nuggets group with Bones long term, is that if he's just as much of a passer and a playmaker as he is a scorer and a shooter, then you've got a really versatile offensive guard on your hands. He also said that when he and Nicola were on the same team in the open runs, that the chemistry was immediately good and their team never lost. I think Nicola is basically kind of downloading that information like, okay, yeah, Bones likes the, the DHO. He likes the pick and roll and he likes to shoot off the dribble and just let him run, let him cook. And Bones knows that when he and Jokic are running the DHO and the pick and roll, give it to the big fella and he'll give it right back. That's what Jokic wants to do. That's what he wants to set up every time. And if Bones plays with that confidence with a player like Nikola, that could open up a lot for this team. A couple more things about Bones. He said that he was given his nickname Bones by a girl named Chicken. No, I am not making that up. Uh, it was hilarious. Everybody was laughing on, on this call. Uh kind of a convoluted answer a little bit as to, as to who gave the, the nickname and it was actually his friend, but it was actually this girl named Chicken. And I think the, the thing stuck where it was Chicken and Bones and the, and they were hanging out together when they were much younger. And it was just, just hilarious, just as charismatic, as charismatic and charming as possible. Uh, you can't help but want him to succeed. You can't help but root for the guy. And I'm actually, I'm rooting for him to earn a rotation spot because I do think that that would really elevate what Denver does. And I am going to talk about that rotation spot and what Bones can add next. Uh, but first, this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. We have been partnered with DraftKings for the life of this podcast, and they have been an absolutely excellent partner. Uh, and so we're going to be absolutely excellent hosts. We're going to be sharing the, the love when it comes to DraftKings. They do some great stuff uh, with regard to the same game parlays that they've really opened up. They're doing awesome things for the NFL with player props, with over-unders, with the money lines that have been coming through. And if you capitalize on enough of them on the same ticket, then they'll give you some great odds and you can stack those odds together. Bet small, win big. That's what everybody wants to do. You don't want to have to fork over a ton of money in order to get the opportunity to win big. DraftKings gives you just that. And if you want to sign up, make sure to use promo code MHS for Mile High Sports. Uh, when you let them know that you come from us, you do us a great big favor. And I think that we'd be doing a great favor for every one of you by letting you know that DraftKings is doing what they're doing right now. I love working with them think they do a great job. And if you want to sign up with them, just make sure to use promo code MHS when you do. 
Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. We're back, pickaxe and roll. Uh, final segment here. We're going to go a little bit shorter than normal. Uh, I think that this is a good time. Just after we've spoken to Bones, after we've spoken to Monte, I think that it's a good thing to start talking about this rotation. To start thinking about, okay, who is actually going to be playing here? Which players are going to be collecting the most minutes? What is this team going to look like? And what are those strengths and weaknesses going to look like if certain players play? Uh, I think that the general consensus around uh, Nuggets Nation is that with the addition of Austin Rivers, with the return of Will Barton, Monte Morris, Faku Campazo, PJ Dozier, that there's a belief that Bones Highland just isn't going to play. Marcus Howard came back as well on a two-way contract. There's a lot of options. There's a lot of guards. And and Denver, they did that for a reason. Because when you don't have Jamal Murray, at, at least at the outset, and when you draft a rookie like Bones, you don't want to put him into a position where he has to play immediately. That would be a really bad decision, I think. And though I think Bones could do it, you want to have some safety nets. You want to have some potential options for somebody like Michael Malone. And it is automatically assumed that Malone will just play the vets because that's the rotation that he has cobbled together. He handled the Michael Porter situation, I thought, very well overall in retrospect. But in the moment, Michael Porter wasn't ready to do a lot of the things that Malone was asking him to do that the Nuggets needed for him to do. And that really was a doubt, was a killer because it was on Michael Porter, I think, to show those things. And then he would have played consistently. And as the bubble showed, he was immediately a starter, started Denver's first three games of the run, and then everybody kind of got back into place and they knew they needed defense around some of the heroics that Jamal Murray was putting together, along with the steadiness of Nikola Jokic. So they moved him to the bench, but they still played him some big minutes. I think he averaged over 20 to 25 minutes throughout the playoff run. So there was never a time where he didn't play, other than I think a couple game sevens. But yeah, looking at this closer and looking at the rotation closer, with some of the things that Denver's going to have to be worrying about, I'm going to make a prediction here. Bones Highland's going to play. Bones Highland is going to have his opportunity. And if he capitalizes on it, he's going to be a full-time rotation member. Here's why. Let's say, after what we heard today from Monte Morris, let's say that he does become the starter, that he showcases that he's ready for that, that the Nuggets, they're going to be at their best when they start the following five players. Morris, Barton, Porter, Gordon, Jokic. You know that Porter, Gordon, and Jokic are going to be in there. That's what they're paid to do. Barton, same thing. They didn't bring him back on a two-year deal. 
to just bench him in the first year. That's not what they did, at least at the outset. That's also probably going to be the best lineup without Murray at the start of the year because it has the most continuity. Those guys have played together, or at least uh, Gordon is still trying to figure it out. But Morris, Barton, Porter, Jokic, they've all played together. That leaves a bench that includes the following candidates, and I'm going to go through them from smallest to tallest. Faku Campazzo, Marcus Howard on a two-way, Bones Highland, Austin Rivers, P.J. Dozier, Jeff Green, Jamichael Green, Vlako Chanchar, Zeke Naji, Peter Cornelie, and Bull Bull. That's 11 guys. Jamal Murray would be the 12th. Add in the starting five, and that's 17. Uh, by the way, Peter Cornelie, as I mentioned in the first segment, interesting that he was the guy that they brought back in uh, from the 2016 draft. He was the 53rd pick overall, and he fits a profile I think that this team could absolutely need. Six foot 11, somebody who can play the five, probably is best at the five, probably is best not having to deal with moving over to the four against elite size and athleticism. Uh, I think that Cornelly could be really, really interesting, uh, but I don't think that he's going to be in the regular rotation. And I would also agree that Marcus Howard isn't going to be in the rotation as well. Both of those guys, two-way contracts, they, they aren't permanent, so I don't think that you can count on them full time. So cut those guys out. Which other players are best in that group? And I think it's a fair question. There is one player that Denver added to that group that makes sense, and it's Jeff Green. He is the guy, I think, that is going to play the most of any of those players, except for possibly P.J. Dozier. But Jeff Green is the Swiss Army knife that Denver has been looking for. He's six foot eight can back up either Porter or Gordon at the three or the four, or even Nikola Jokic at the five. Gives them a lot of optionality. He's a capable scorer, capable defender, somebody who can do some different things and be used in different ways. And that's what you need from a bench guy like him. P.J. Dozier also fills a need. But he's not necessarily at the level of provenness that Jeff Green is. Jeff Green has really shown his ability to elevate some flawed groups uh, by filling a bunch of different hats. Did it for Cleveland, did it for Houston, did it for Brooklyn. Now hopefully he can do it for Denver. But P.J. Dozier is kind of the the wing version of that, the the smaller, the guard-slash-wing version of that where good two-way player, somebody who has some flaws, but if he kind of irons out those flaws a little bit, he'll play. Faku Campazzo, He's going to be the facilitator for that group, especially when Jokic is off the floor. Denver's going to need somebody who can set the table, who can really do what Michael Malone wants them to do. And I think Faku kind of sets that up pretty well. He's going to make sure to put Jeff Green, PJ Dozier, other guys like that, whoever plays with the bench, in the best possible positions that he can. And he's also good defensively. He's not great defensively. A lot of people think that he's great. A lot of people think that he sucks. He's in the middle of that, but trending towards good because he's a smart defender and he's going to give a balls-to-the-wall effort. And then there's Jermichael Green. 
who Denver also re-signed. They signed him to a a one plus one, where it's a one year plus a player option, and they signed him to a raise, giving him an opportunity. And and I think that money's going to talk here for sure. That despite the fact that I think Jeff Green is a better player, Jamichael Green may get more opportunities at least at the outset, because he's a solid rebounder, solid defender. He will stretch the floor. He'll do a lot of the things that Jeff Green does, but he's already done them for Denver once per, once before. So those are the four players. Those are the four guys that I think make the most sense, make the most logical uh, sense with regard to fit, with regard to what the Nuggets are going to need. They're going to need good defenders. The starting lineup isn't going to be a great defensive unit. You're going to want players behind them that can kind of make up the difference, mix and match a little bit. Uh, not just be fully offensive, but players that can fill in the gaps. I also think those four are the best players, which makes it pretty simple. You've got Faku, you've got PJ, you've got Jeff Green, you've got Jamichael Green. Now, is there a fifth player that makes sense with those guys? Let's just run through it real quick. I think if you if you go back to the starting unit and say, okay, hey, we're going to play a nine-man rotation and we're going to leave a starter in there at all times. I think that's a very common thing to do. Jokic is obvious. That group, Jeff Green, Jamichael Green, they aren't true centers. Jokic is, of course, but he's also a great facilitator. He would be able to get the ball moving, and they'd play pretty well. Porter, he's obvious too. He gives them the scoring punch that that group is going to need desperately, because none of Faku, PJ, Jeff Green, Jamichael Green None of them are really great offensive players, at least from a scoring perspective. So either they're going to have to just play excellent team offense, or somebody's going to have to rise to the top in terms of a usage rate, in terms of just kind of the attention that other defenses are going to throw at them. So maybe it's best that Porter does that, or Jokic. If Denver goes with a nine-man rotation, that makes some sense. But let's say they go with a 10-man rotation. Let's say you try to keep an open mind, keep an open mind, excuse me, that you're trying to keep guys healthy, that you're trying to be stable, but also not overwork players in the regular season. Austin Rivers, he's a guy that they just brought back, veteran, capable guard, can guard a couple of different positions. He's stable, he can score, he can defend. He's going to execute what Denver wants. And that's probably the most likely scenario, is that at the outset, Austin Rivers is going to get the first crack at it to fill out that 10-man rotation. And the more I think about it, the more I think guard makes sense. Because when you talk about what Jeff and Jamichael Green are going to do, one of the advantages of those guys is that if you move them to the four and the five respectively, They space the floor out really well. They give Denver some switchability. They give them some versatility. Spaces the floor out as much as possible, and that could be the best way to generate some offense. If you add Zeke Naji to that, now you've got Jeff Green, Jamichael Green, Zeke Naji, PJ Dozier, and Faku Campazzo. That is not a good offensive lineup. Despite the fact that Jeff Green, Jamichael Green, and Zeke Naji can all shoot, at least in theory, It's not great. Bull Bull, in all likelihood, 
is actually a better fit because he's going to draw some attention. He's going to space it out five out, but he's also going to be somebody who can do a variety of other things from a rolling perspective, from a post-up standpoint, uh, coming off of screens. Uh, there, there's a lot of things that I think in theory you could do with Bobo as a scorer, but Bobo might also not want to be here. I think there, there's a, a general precedent set based off of the effort that he went to both in the regular season last year and in summer league this past summer. So that may not be great. Vlako Chanchar, probably not going to do it either. Too similar to Jeff and Jamichael Green. Uh, there's not a lot else. If you don't go with Austin Rivers, Zeke Naji, Bull Bull, or Vlako, there's only one other candidate. And he's actually the guy who might fit best. It's Bones Highland. He could be the third guard. You've got Faku in there for his defense, his facilitation. You've got PJ in there for wing size, for his ability on both offense and defense to be a slasher, to be a playmaker, to be somebody who can do some things. But he's not going to be a big-time shot taker. He's not going to be somebody who is the number one option. And unless you go with somebody from the starting lineup, which is also a likelihood, a possibility, Bones Highland might be the best candidate because can he score? Definitely. He's going to provide a bunch of space in those lineups. He'll create his own looks. He's a smart scorer, somebody who knows how to get to his spots, what his shots are. And if he shows that kind of poise uh, that he showed in Summer League, then I don't see any reason why he can't do at least some things at the NBA level as a scorer. Can he be a playmaker? I think so. He won't need to be the primary playmaker since Faku's out there. Even PJ can do some ball handling, can do some creation for others. Could Bones Highland be a secondary playmaker? A tertiary playmaker? Somebody else who's just capable of dribbling with the ball in their hands and making simple reads? Absolutely. I don't see any reason why he can't do that even against NBA competition right now. Will he compromise the defense? This is the, the kicker, I think. This is one where you have to stop and really think about what a defensive lineup of Faku, Bones, P.J. Dozier, Jeff Green, and Jamichael Green actually looks like. You're going to want to switch a lot with that group, but Bones might kind of ruin that at least a little bit. He has good tendencies in terms of being able to pick pockets and being able to get his, his long arms into passing lanes, but he's not a fundamental defender right now, and he's not somebody who is going to hold up in switches. He's just not big enough. This was my, con my big concern at the draft, though I am less concerned about it in the long term for sure. It's going to take some time for him to build up his body. Once he does, this will be less of a concern. But in the meantime, when Denver's just trying to get wins, they're trying to survive the regular season, if that is the debilitating reason why Denver can't play him with the bench, then it's going to be a pretty much a moot point. But the other four guys are good. 
They are solid defenders that can cover for him at least a little bit. Thaku will get him in the right place. We'll get some, get his hands on the ball, get some steals. PJ Dozier, smart team defender. Somebody who's going to get into passing lanes as well. Jeff Green, fundamental one-on-one defender. Somebody who can switch really well. Uh, he will be helpful. Jermichael Green, same thing. Rebounder, fundamental guy, will make rotations. Won't make them super fast, but if he's playing the center position, might not be a big deal. So, because those guys are good, because you can live with rookie mistakes as long as they're ever being made, and then he starts to make some progress, I think that there's a possibility that Bones is the guy that gets out there. That he's somebody that Denver not only plays a little bit, but starts to rely upon, at least for times, at least for stretches, as a 10th man. He's not going to play all the time. But if he played 10 to 15 minutes a night, I think Denver has the flexibility to do that. And as long as he's not compromising things on the defensive end, as long as he's making his shots, as long as he's doing the right thing, running the offense, then Bones could absolutely be a contributor as soon as this year. I'm going to make a bold prediction. This is bold prediction number one for me. And I'll try to keep a list of these somewhere. I think that Bones Highland will be a regular in the rotation by December 1st. That's pretty early. That's saying that, in all likelihood, Denver's going to try to find a different solution. They'll try to go with their veterans. They'll try to go nine-man rotation. And eventually, they will lament. Bones will play a little bit sparingly throughout that time. But my prediction is that Bones makes more sense for Denver in the rotation than Zeke Naji did last year, than RJ Hampton did last year, than Bull Bull did the year before. And I think he'll play a similar role to Michael Porter in the 2019-20 season, where Michael Porter kind of struggled was in and out of the lineup, but mostly was the ninth or 10th man on most nights during his rookie year. Wasn't given the keys a ton, but occasionally ran with it, occasionally did some great things. And that is my bold prediction that Bones Highland, he's he's not as talented as Michael Porter, not as talented as Jokic, but he's going to be somebody that if he can shoot 40% from three immediately. If he's ambitious, if he can take those and draw a ton of attention from opposing defenses, the benefits are going to outweigh the detriments. It could be an adjustment period, but I predict that Bones is somebody who fights through it and is on the floor by December 1. That is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. Haven't decided if I'm going to cover uh, the second media day uh, on the podcast or if I'm simply going to just write about it, write something up. Uh, I'll let you guys know, but I will definitely be back on Friday 100%, and we will be covering more of what's said. At, the, at these training camp media day outlets stuff because there's just a lot that's going on. 
It's good to be back. Good to get into the swing of things. Let's keep the going. Let's keep it going. Let's keep the momentum going. If you could rate, review, and subscribe five stars, that would be awesome as well. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys very soon.